Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for listening. And I want to say thanks to any new or first-time listeners out there. I'm happy you decided to tune in. So whether you're a seasoned tango dancer or a novice who just started, you have come to the right place. When it comes to tango dancing, I know we pick up a lot from taking classes, workshops, and private lessons, but there's another valuable learning resource that's often overlooked, and that's the personal anecdotes and insights of the teachers who guide us. And the purpose of the interviews on this podcast is to help fill that gap and to provide you some more learning tools as you progress on your own tango adventures. As you know, I love getting feedback from listeners, so if you ever want to get in touch, feel free to email me at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. Okay, my guest today is an internationally acclaimed tango instructor and performer. He's also a writer and author of the ebook Tango FAQs and Facts Book. Although he was born in Greece, he is now based out of Toronto, Canada. He has an extensive academic background in ergophysiology and biochemistry, and much of his research is dance-related. In 2003, he was nominated with the Unique Research and Best Poster Presentation Award during the International Congress of Physical Education and Sport. But long before his days in academia, today's guest has been dancing since he was a teenager and also has a solid background in Latin and ballroom dance. It wouldn't be long before he'd fall in love with tango, and he started his professional career in 2006, which we will hear more about in greater detail. And with me now, from Toronto, is the man known as Pablito Greco. Pablito, great to have you on the podcast today, and thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Joe, it is a pure pleasure. I think you're awesome, and I think your projects are really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. High praise coming from someone with your experience. So, Pablito, you have been dancing a very, very long time since you were a teenager, but what was it about Argentine tango specifically that that got your attention? Well, I I always was um, an individual that loved movement, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I was a street dancer, I was uh, an athlete, basketball player, uh, track and field athlete. Mm. Movement was always in my in my field, in my in my passion. Mm -hmm. What I missed, though, through that process of movement was the artistic element from the movement. It came a time that I've met tango by accident and tango you know fulfilled that missing part of having not only movement but also artistic movement and sharing that artistic movement with another person ah. which until then was really really unknown to me. Dancing with uh, on the street or on a studio individual as an individual it's very different than dancing with a person, right? Right. You're missing that teamwork, that uh, non-verbal communication and um, mm-hmm. by directional leadership. Tango fulfilled that mm-hmm. and it was so strong mm-hmm. that it made me decide that I want to follow. <laughs> I was hooked. I was hooked. Yeah, yeah. So what was your very first dance like at a milonga? You're going to be surprised, okay. but my f- my first milonga, I attended my first milonga after my first class. Oh, right. Good for you. So I was one of the lucky ones because mm-hmm. I broke the ice really, really fast. Nice. Uh, although 
I, honestly, I didn't know much, mm-hmm. but I had the nerve to uh, to participate and to ask ladies to dance with me, although I didn't know anything. So, so I believe uh, that nerve mm-hmm. and you know decisiveness it's it's very crucial for the for the student, right? Right. And once you once you made that move onto the dance floor, that first dance, how did it go? It was really good. It was eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that I had in front of me thousands of options. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I had the opportunity to go with a short journey with a lady. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love ladies. And um, in my mind, tango is about the lady. In my philosophy, tango is about the lady. Mm-hmm. So everything that we do in tango is about the lady. Mm-hmm. And that was mesmerizing. I mean... Um, Having the opportunity to uh, to spend some time with different ladies on the dance floor, mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I can hardly recall mm-hmm. another kind of dance, a couple dance that has that opportunity uh, in in such profound level and not as a superficial you know dance with twists. So right. that was that was a feeling to remember forever. Okay. Yeah. So as you started studying tango, what's what's some really good or memorable advice that you've gotten from some of your own teachers that you still carry with you today? You should do all the mistakes you can mm-hmm. in the first few months rather than in the later few years. Ah. That was one of the biggest advices that I got and I followed it like letter to letter. Yeah. And I did a lot of mistakes in the first few months. Mm-hmm. Um, mistakes, you know, in my philosophy, in my ex-tango, there is no wrong or right. Everything is everything is okay mm-hmm. if they follow some principles. Yeah. So what I did, because I, I studied in the university like this, I, ha- I have an inquiring mind and I want to experiment. Yeah. So I focused on experimenting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, um, I, again, I had the nerve and the and the and the opportunity to to do a lot of new things that I had in my mind, mm-hmm. um, used my imagination. So I did that a lot at the first few months, mm-hmm. um, like crazy, and uh, it, it paid off because it gave me a lot of food for thought for the future. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still working on. Uh, on movements I have discovered back in 2000. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's great. And I really like what you said about breaking the ice right away after your first class going into the malanga. Um, it, for me personally, it took me several months before I had the courage to go to a malanga. But once I started going, I, I thought, gosh, I should have just went here so much sooner. So, yeah, all you novices listening, um, definitely after your first lesson or first few lessons, dive right into the malanga. It's uh, <laughs> It's it's fun. <laughs> don't, don't, don't it's a, it's liberating. It's yeah. liberating. Yes. Yeah. Once once you get past that initial fear, it's really nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and we as educators, we have the great responsibility of inspiring these people towards that goal. Right. 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 If you don't participate, you are losing the 90% of the experience, mm-hmm. and tango is all about the experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And plus, there are other students in there with you. I mean, go as a group <laughs> to the Malangas. That's a... Yes, that's yes, yes. Thing. It's a social event. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
So, Pablito, you went from Tango student and then you dove into teaching at some point, and that's not a leap that a lot of people make. So, how did you start teaching? Can you describe that journey? My body and my uh, kinesiological understanding of, of Tango mm-hmm. uh, was very, very specific, and it came to me really quick because mm-hmm. of my athletic background. Yeah. Oh, I also, coming from family of educators, of course, they were more technical, high, high education uh, individuals, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think in my DNA, education has a big, big part. Mm-hmm. After spending some years as a, as a student and taking and observing a lot of experiences, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, different flavors of doing this and doing that with that person or that instructor, I felt that my community, mm-hmm. they didn't fulfill the proper way of introducing the tango into the masses, I see. into the rest of the population of the city. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I took the initiative to take leadership of the community mm-hmm. by introducing myself as an instructor and start creating a new project of not only educating students towards a better understanding of of what tango and tango culture is, mm-hmm. but also popularize the tango uh, and stealing some really good ideas from the salsa community, actually. Uh, right, right. Uh, so that was how I started. Uh, I, I had a need to popularize the tango and teach the tango the right way, at least in my mind back then, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned the salsa community because, you know, here in Madison and also in other cities I've seen, there's, you know, there's so people just come to flock to salsa. And what what were some of the strategies that you stole from, from salsa? Street. street. I, took, I took the tango on the streets. Oh, okay. What tango really is... Right now, all over the world, I have traveled dozens of dozens of cities exhibiting and teaching tango uh, from from Tokyo to uh, to Los Angeles and to uh, South Africa to Russia. Nice. And what I saw about all these communities is that we have tango as a ghetto. Mm. It's deeper underground in. Uh, in places with low light, so so it's really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really f- for people to see that hey, tango exists in my city too. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to find. Yeah. So I took the tango and put it on the streets. I did a lot of projects, mini mini projects in in popular spots throughout the city, mm. like for 10-15 minutes, and you know so suddenly tango got more exposure as something that Hey, everybody can do. Yeah. Um, so again, people started changing a little bit their their mindset about what tango is. It's mm-hmm. not only something too formal mm-hmm. or something that you need a suit and a dress right. to follow, mm-hmm. but it's it can be something more casual, something more you know, something more fun. Yeah. With your with your jeans or your whatever um, everyday mm-hmm. attire that you're wearing. Yeah. Um, so I think I made it more accessible mm-hmm. okay. by, ex- by exposing it to the real mass, to the, uh, yeah. to, to the population, right? right? Yeah, and that's kind of taken tango back to its roots. I think a lot of us forget that this was very much a street dance back in the, back in the day. <laughs> 
Absolutely, it was an an immigrant. It was the immigrants' dance, mm-hmm. dancing on the streets. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, peer learning. So, Pablito, can you tell us what are some good ways for advanced students to help beginner students? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, first of all, advanced students have an advantage, right? Mm-hmm. They already know some things. Right. The disadvantage is that they don't know how to express that in a proper manner like instructors do. Mm-hmm. But advanced students can give something really, really important and uh, priceless. It's the motivation. Uh, throughout my years of, of dancing and spending time with hundreds and hundreds of students yeah. all over the world, is I came to an understanding that motivation is even more important than skills. Ah, okay. So there are two types of motivation. Mm-hmm. The internal motivation mm-hmm. and the external motivation. Advanced students can can spark the internal motivation of beginners mm-hmm. by providing really, really passionate and specific external motivation. Mm. For example, Positive re-encouragement. This is a very beautiful external motivation. Mm -hmm. I will not focus on on steps or how you know advanced students can assist the beginners uh, through steps or embrace or musicality or you know these are again these are skills that a beginner student should experience itself. But the one thing that is usually missing is the motivation. Is is that willing to proceed and to go further mm-hmm. and to be able to experiment or fulfill, you know, gaps in in their knowledge. So, mm-hmm. in my philosophy, in my in my method, motivation mm-hmm. is the king. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really that's really good for people to know. Motivation is more important than skill because once you have the motivation and you're going full speed, you'll pick up the skills along the way. You know. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Sort of along the lines with with beginners, and I'm sure you've had many students who are uh, who love tango. They they're becoming addicted, but they also have this sort of a perfectionist attitude. That they have this mentality of, "Ooh, I'm afraid of messing up when I go into a milonga. I'm afraid of not having a good dance. I'm afraid my partner might not like me." Um, how, how do you how do you address that as a teacher? I address that by telling them short stories of my own path. Mm-hmm. I am a perfectionist. Mm. I, I want to make everything uh, proper and in detail, mm-hmm. from my website to my printed business cards, <laughs> to how I look, to how I look on the video, yeah. um, and to my tailored uh, suits. So mm. what I do is giving them something they can relate, which is examples. Mm. People can relate with storytelling mm-hmm. and through examples. Yeah. And what I do is I explain them how I made it through experiment, mm-hmm. through experimenting all the time, and by, by again, I'm repeating myself, but by making the the right mistakes at the right time. Because my mentality was, and this is what I'm giving to my students, mm-hmm. that there is no wrong in tango. Mm. It's just another way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So this is my approach. My approach is storytelling and giving examples 
by external motivation. Mm-hmm. All right. So just to kind of flip things around a little bit, Pablito, what are some things that you've learned from your own students over the years? That's an incredible, actually, question. I was thinking about it uh, yesterday, and I said, okay, I, I hope Joe will <laughs> have the opportunity to ask that to me. Okay. I learned that you will fail mm-hmm. if you stop being a student. Um, because being a student means that you always change. Yeah. And because I'm at the same time, I work as a hotelier mm-hmm. in the hotel industry. Mm-hmm. Embracing change is the core value of almost everything that progresses. Right. So in order for me to embrace change, I have to have my ears open. Mm-hmm. And many times throughout, the classes, the group classes actually, mm-hmm. students come up with a new, with a new idea. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the beautiful position to not only to hear and applause that idea, mm-hmm. but also to steal that idea, right? <laughs> so it's a win-win situation. I'm keeping my ears open, uh, open, uh, yeah, ears and eyes. But uh, I'm doing something else that I learned from my entrepreneurial life, which is ask very, very often for specific feedback. Mm. So every three months, I do a survey, an in-house survey, Mm -hmm. with specific questions so I can get the feedback that I need to learn how to be better through the classes or how to develop certain uh, aspects of my method or my, you know, my business. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of new ideas from from the students. A lot of fresh, unique, and diverse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's remarkable when you open your heart to the feedback mm-hmm. uh, from your students, even when the feedback is cruel. Right. I especially love that kind of feedback. Yeah. The cruel feedback that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pushes you to become better and not only hear the good things or oh, you're so great, you're so good. Mm-hmm. Learning is constant. Mm-hmm. Learning is uh, a recycling process through your soul and through your daily life. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah, and I think that's, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, about the, about the negative feedback because you can't take it personally, but it, it does hurt a little bit, but it helps so much. It can, it can really move you forward. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and uh, good for you that saying that it hurts because yeah. <laughs> it really it really hurts because mm-hmm. you know usually um, and I'm going to speak for myself. Sure, educators like me are were in the past a temple of ego, <laughs> uh, and having a having a, a constructive feedback mm-hmm. uh, or criticism, uh, you know, hurts that big ego. Yeah. The beautiful thing is that through that feedback from the students, mm-hmm. through that um, you know beautiful advices, you are becoming less and less of a temple of the ego. Yeah. Uh, so it's not only helping you create a better business or a better method or mm-hmm. a better style, but also become a better person. Yeah. Okay, Pablito, another sort of a specific teaching question I have for you. What advice do you have for beginning students on becoming more musical? 
we all have uh, you know music in our phones or uh, or, or devices. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna advise on something that I did. Yeah, yeah. I used to have and I still have in my phone a diverse amount of music from electronic tango to classic tango mm -hmm. to alternative tango to milongas in lists in you know everything all together so i used to i used to um, listen a lot of it throughout my you know daily routine um, as i was writing or typing or you know doing something that mm -hmm. doesn't have to uh, interact with other people and i always was following the the tempo with my fingers like a snap uh-huh or um trying to follow the melody with humming so mm -hmm. so i was using these two 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 ways of following the music mm -hmm. understanding the patterns of the music because tango has a very very specific pattern mm -hmm. again if you go to electronic it has a really specific partner uh, pattern if you go to classic the same to milongas to waltzes only only astro piazzolla has has a really really different pattern but right. again this is a different different discussion yeah. <laughs> um, so listen to a lot of music mm -hmm. try to follow the music with your uh, you know humming or mm -hmm. with your uh, fingers if it if it's a tempo when you're moving try to to step on the music that you have in your mind mm -hmm. again like a a personal theatrical thing if you are into that and probably the biggest advice that I, I can give mm -hmm. and it's like my flag here in here in Toronto is mm -hmm. like ask too many questions yeah. <laughs> ask too many questions um uh, and when I started dancing the tango, I was the geek in my group. Ah. Uh, obviously, you know, sometimes I overdid it, but <laughs> thank God I did it yeah. back then because mm -hmm. I solved so many questions that I have. So yeah. ask like there is no tomorrow. Yes. Asking and getting answers is the the pillar. Mm -hmm. Of, of you moving forward regarding musicality mm -hmm. or any other aspect of the tango because yeah. musicality listen guys that you're hearing right now musicality is a skill like every other skill out, out there it needs repetition mm -hmm. but it needs repetition after you have answered a lot of questions mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. keep asking questions yeah absolutely yeah. Get I mean, you get your value for money, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then we <laughs> teachers, we love questions. There are no there are no stupid questions. You know? Exactly. It means you're paying attention. Yeah. So Pablito, how do you keep challenging yourself? I know you kind of made some references before, but specifically what, what what's your method of challenging yourself? Uh, are you asking challenging myself on the dance or on, on my dance. philosophy? On, on the dance. Yeah. Socially or performance-wise? Um, let's let's start with socially first, then we'll go to the performance. Okay, because I have a lot of stories. Sure, let's hear it. So, so my first dance, if my lady is not on the dance floor, okay, mm -hmm. since there is an etiquette, first you you dance with your lady. Mm -hmm. If if my lady is not present on the on the milonga, then my first thing to challenge myself is to dance 
with the oldest person in the room. This way I show, I show respect uh, to the senior uh, dancers mm -hmm. and at the same time I try to learn from them because you know they are dancing more years than I do. Yeah. Uh, so dancing with a senior partner is really really challenging especially when you are when there is a difference in heights mm -hmm. of course in skills mm -hmm. uh, and also it's a test about trying to change almost everything you know mm -hmm. as a social dancer and readapt again mm -hmm. into a different case mm -hmm. to produce another outcome. So this is what I do when I uh, first step into a milonga. I, I, I really want to challenge myself by trying to create a beautiful dance with a really senior partner. Mm. And that's really fulfilling for me. Mm -hmm. As as the night goes on, I try to dance with people I haven't danced in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, this is another form of challenging because you know you you don't actually know how this person is dancing, and you have to again readapt mm -hmm. uh, in, into uh, a certain new environment um, sensation. I, f I found this really really challenging. Actually, I enjoy it. I, I I cannot spend a night in a milonga if I I'm not challenged. Yeah. I prefer to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yes, these are the you know the the really recent stories I can think of okay. um, mm -hmm. uh, regarding the social aspect of of my dancing. Milonga has its etiquette. You can go a little bit further than that, uh, mm -hmm. but it's good it's good for social purposes to stay inside the etiquette. Yeah. Um, and and you know to be to, to be a good example to everybody that is that are watching you and uh, retaining all the all the integrity that, that you have. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to becoming a better performer, how do you keep challenging yourself? I use a camera, an archive, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to beat the best previous me. Ah. Uh, and that's really, really challenging. Uh, mm -hmm. I think this is the hardest thing I, um, I, I'm doing for the last five years at least. Mm. You know, try to beat your best self mm -hmm. uh, through seeing videos and trying to be cruel with with your previous best. Yeah, it's it's really hard, but again, it's so educational. It's it's a process that I will never change it for anything else. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is again the process that I'm uh, I'm advising for my students. Mm -hmm. See see a lot of videos of yourselves mm -hmm. dancing. Don't see videos of other people dancing tango. Uh, so you know. Performance level is very different. There are two ways of doing the performance: doing a beautiful choreography or having the guts and go and do a, a improvisation yeah. performance, which is by far more more challenging. Mm -hmm. Throughout recording, I try to do both. I try to go um, uh, against the camera and do a, an older choreography. Mm -hmm. And then I try to do the same song mm -hmm. through improvisation. Yeah. And then I'm looking at the video and I'm saying, okay, that part, we should change that. Or mm. that part from the improvisation is better from that part of the choreography. So, mm. boom, you have a new idea. Mm -hmm. uh, so I work by constantly rectifying my videos. Mm -hmm. This is how I work. Mm -hmm. So far, so good. 
yeah. Yeah, so when you're working with students who are interested in learning how to perform, uh, what are some key uh, strategies that you teach them or some, maybe some key lessons that are really important when it comes to understanding the difference between performing versus dancing socially, whether they be technical or mental? The first thing is that keep them hum humble mm -hmm. because um, uh, an advanced student and I remembering myself I, I, when I was an advanced student I thought I could conquer the world ah, right? uh -huh. uh, and ob obviously it was true <laughs> but uh, it's, not, it's not always that case mm -hmm. uh, so you have to keep them you know into reality mm -hmm. don't try to you know mess with their dreams or their wings mm -hmm. but you know you are as an educator you are the the voice of seniority experience mm -hmm. and again reality yeah this is the first part the mm -hmm. second part is teach them how to be structured mm -hmm. and this is very very important mm -hmm. how to have everything in a, um, in three parts a beginning a middle and an end ah. So it doesn't matter if it's practice, mm -hmm. if it's performance, or if it's a way of thinking. Mm -hmm. It has to have these three steps. Mm -hmm. You have to start, you have to have your main, and then you have to have your uh, third part, the exodus, the exit. Yeah. Uh, so structure is extremely important. And how, how these people, how these advanced students can materialize the structure? By writing it down which is uh, it's becoming a lost skill through these years of, of, of mobile devices but yeah. you know writing has to do with uh, and this what my mother had taught me throughout mm -hmm. the years um, writing down things create a different process through your brain mm -hmm. you remember things easier mm -hmm. better and you have an image in front of you mm -hmm. Not, not just a checklist on the app. Mm -hmm. So writing down the steps, yeah. the structure of what you want, mm -hmm. what you need, because want and need is very different, yeah. and what you wish for an outcome is really, really important for an advanced student that wants to go into performance. Mm -hmm. Structure, structure, structure. Okay. Especially when dancing is so deeply based in geometry, mm -hmm. mathematics, and numbers, mm -hmm. and shapes, and forms, and uh, velocity, and points, and space, mm -hmm. and gravity, all these things needs, needs a structure. Needs, mm -hmm. They need from you as an advanced student to have it written down and see it, mm -hmm. how you can conquer each step. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I do when I rarely have an advanced student to um, to want to go into performance, mm -hmm. but, but when I have, is one of the best best things in my year. Yeah, yeah. I think what you said about writing things down that's 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 helped a lot of people. It's definitely has helped helped me. Absolutely, me too. Yeah. Me too. Of yeah. course, yeah. of course. Okay, Pablito. So I want to talk a little bit about your your background as a researcher. Um, this I, I did a little bit of reading about you and. Uh, if I remember correctly, you had started implementing uh, dance as as treatment 
for people with chronic diseases. And uh, I, I identify with this a lot because I teach a tango class for people with Parkinson's disease, and that's been really, really rewarding. But um, yeah, what are some things that you found either with tango or dance itself at, you know, when you're using that as, as, a, as a treatment for, for illnesses? So I started uh, using the tango as a form of alternative stretching mm-hmm. and mobility. Mm-hmm. into people with chronic joint issues or pain issues mm-hmm. or neuromuscular deficiencies. Mm-hmm. So what I learned and what I took, and I took that lesson mm-hmm. and put it in my X-Tango method is that everything that has to be curated and individualized. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody is different. Yeah. Every single person, especially when that person has an issue, a health issue, is mm-hmm. different. You have to you have to go back to the drawing board and create almost a different uh, approach to every different individual. Mm-hmm. So by starting this beautiful experiment again, a beautiful process is that that you can achieve so many things into mm-hmm. people when you are supporting them out outside mm-hmm. verbally. There is something that you already know. It's called uh, placebo effect. Yes. You know, you know, very few people know. Doctors know it, of course. Yeah. That the placebo effect can alter thirty percent of the outcome. Mm. Now, thirty percent is one third of the of the one hundred percent outcome that you want. Right. So it's extremely important mm-hmm. to get that thirty percent by motivating them. Mm-hmm. That was the first part. The, the second part is creating curated, individualized, very, very specific mm. programs or protocols mm-hmm. for each and every one. Because yeah. um, I was browsing at your website and I was seeing that beautiful idea that you have with Tango and Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. You know, Parkinson's is a really, really hard thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's different to every single person, right? Yeah, I mean there are yeah, there's different different areas of you know people suffer you know more from balance and some other people have more when it comes exactly. to bradykinesia. Yeah, so exactly, you know, exactly. Like said, you have to really individualize um, each each patient. Yeah, and that is that is very challenging, uh, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really really challenging to do things different for each and everyone. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of uh, you know patience. Uh, but it has to be like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I took the decision to uh, work with this kind of people, mm-hmm. I, I took the decision that I have to reinvent my patience. Mm-hmm. And I have to reinvent my my creativity and my uh, everything that I had uh, back then. Mm-hmm. And that that approach and that that method that I used, it was so, so um, fulfilling. And I'm going to admit it, mm-hmm. it was hard. Yeah, <laughs> it was hard because I'm 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 an emotional individual, and you know when I see things, I'm getting emotional too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I learned I learned so many things, mm-hmm. and I thank those people mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and I think the the bigger point is, you know, when healthy individuals do tango, they always they feel better. It it kind of changes their lives in in a way. But I think. Um, as a researcher, I think you would find that uh, tango is, in a sense, medicine. Absolutely. Uh, tango is medicine, and I'm sorry if I'm interrupting you. No, 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 please. 
Tango is medicine because it affects not only the body but also the mind. Mm -hmm. a, a research can also can, can only affect mainly the body. Mm -hmm. But when you go out in a social event and you're dancing with other people, mm -hmm. that really, really has a psychosocial mm -hmm. effect on you. Mm -hmm. People are, are forgetting about that because we as educators are not doing the proper work of reminding them mm -hmm. uh, that this is a benefit. Mm -hmm. This is actually a huge benefit. This is uh, maybe the only reason you have to go and dancing tango. Mm -hmm. So go out there and uh, get all these these benefits from your for your soul and your body as a second mm -hmm. and these people that already have an issue and they are working with uh, uh, educators and instructors like you mm -hmm. and me in the past they wish they could have that opportunity of being a little more healthier and uh, dancing in social events and yeah. stuff like that all right pablito what are some future projects you're working on so my vision, uh, my vision for Tango is to popularize it. Yeah. The city of Toronto is a, a trillion dollar city. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the baby New York, as they call it. <laughs> what is happening here is unbelievable, Joe. It's, mm. it's absolutely unbelievable. There is tons of art, mm -hmm. tons of business. It's like you haven't seen that um, in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway. Because of this situation, I devised a big project that maybe you are the first to know. So, <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Let's uh, let's reveal it at least some parts of it. Okay. Um, so I'm giving you news right now. All right. I am uh, in the process of bringing the city of Toronto and the embassies of Uruguay and Argentina into that. Mm. Also, institutions of art. Um, we have a couple of them, really big uh, state institutions that they support art mm -hmm. and the artists. And the goal is to do a trilogy, oh. a tango trilogy. Tango trilogy. Uh, how we can? I'm not going to go further than sure. that because sure. uh, it's no really nobody else knows that okay. right now. Yeah. Um, that. The sole purpose of that trilogy is from different art forms mm -hmm. that surrounding tango is to popularize the dance and the culture by making it appealing for the masses. Oh. So it's it's a project not for the community. Okay. Actually the community has nothing to do with that. Okay. The tango community of, of Toronto. So we have a specific goal, deadlines. It's going to be big, it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be successful. Sounds very exciting, Pablo. So definitely keep us up to date with that. because uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, because I want to give you ideas, man, because you are uh, there in Madison. You have, you, you're doing a really, really great job. I see your website. I see that you are very active. And I, you know, I love people like you. I love how, how you're thinking. I love, I love that. Uh, I love your comics. I love your, you know, your, <laughs> the way that you have done your website. And you know, yeah. it's you, you're my kind of people. So oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I do my best. Still learning. <laughs> so I'm stealing ideas from you, right. but again, you have to steal ideas from me too. Okay. All right. Okay, Pablito, this has been a lot of fun. So tell me where can we find out more about you online and don't forget to mention your book. Absolutely. So 
pablitogreco.com okay. or just type Pablito Greco on Google. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are, you're going to find a ton of information uh, of our classes or whatever you want to do with us. Also, we have in uh, um, iTunes Store uh, mm -hmm. the best selling ebook, Tango Frequent Asked Questions and Facts. Okay. Uh, which is a, it was the, the first big hit and the first big project that I did back in 2014 okay. uh, for everything that has to do with tango culture and uh, mm -hmm. answers to a lot of questions. Okay. Um, so again, just use Google. Everything is there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have links to your website and to your book uh, in the show notes so people will be able to find that very easily. Okay. Joe, one more thing. Sure. It was a pure awesome pleasure to have this interview with you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pablito, for taking the time. I know you're busy with tons of projects, but it means a lot that you uh, uh, took some time to, to speak with us, and I'm sure the listening audience will appreciate your thoughts. Thank you very much, Joe. Yeah, thank you. Okay, it was great having a chance to talk with Pablito. I believe he's the first guest I've had from Toronto. So, Pablito had a lot of interesting things to say, what stood out to me was his very candid advice to make as many mistakes as you can. Don't be afraid of them. Don't waste energy avoiding them. Approach Tango with a mindset of experimentation. The faster you make mistakes, the faster you'll learn. I also liked what Pablito said about getting comfortable with dancing tangos socially. He dove right in after his first class. And that's definitely one way to gain experience. Now, even if you're not naturally as bold or outgoing as he is, you can head out to milongas with friends instead of all by yourself. Previous guests on the show who commented on the subject advised us to take in the atmosphere and strike up small conversations with other dancers. But the underlying point is to break the ice early when it comes to social dancing. And I really like what Pablito said about motivation being more important than skills. A lot of novices will say to themselves, I want to build some skills before I start dancing. That's not helpful. The main thing to recognize here is you are sold on tango and you want to dance. So use your tango regardless of your level. The more time you spend dancing, the easier it will be to actually pick up skills and things will start to come together more quickly. So, thank you, Pablito, for sharing your stories and offering us your insights. Really appreciate it, and good luck with all your projects. And a big thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, this is where I ask you to take a few seconds to head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcasting site you're using. Hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps out a lot. Okay, that's it for now. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Mm -hmm.